am Lemuel Gonzalez, repentant sinner, and along with Amory Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's painless Sunday school lesson without works. Today we'll have an open discussion about the plan to overturn a 50-year precedent in not necessarily the good news, and Lemuel will investigate who gets us in your own personal Jesus. First up, the travesty of the Supreme Court in not necessarily the good news. I'm going to start with a quote from Methodist pastor David Barnhart. The unborn are a convenient group of people to advocate for. They never make demands of you. They are morally uncomplicated, unlike the incarcerated, addicted, or the chronically poor. They don't resent your condescension or complain that you are not politically correct, unlike widows. They don't ask you to question the patriarchy, unlike orphans. They don't need money, education, or childcare, unlike aliens. They don't bring all that racial, cultural, and religious baggage that you dislike. They allow you to feel good about yourself without any work at creating or maintaining relationships, and when they are born, you can forget about them because they cease to be unborn. You can love the unborn and advocate for them without substantially challenging your own wealth, power, or privilege, without reimagining social structures, apologizing, or making reparations to anyone. They are, in short, the perfect people to love if you want to claim you love Jesus but actually dislike people who breathe. Prisoners, immigrants, the sick, the poor, widows, orphans, all the groups that are specifically mentioned in the Bible, they all get thrown under the bus for the unborn. We're recording this on May... 24th, 2022, as of today, a draft of a decision to overturn Roe versus Wade has been released, uh, leaked, if you want to follow that rhetoric, to the public. I don't understand how it could be a leak. We are technically their bosses. We're just looking at a working draft of your job. Yeah. Uh, but that's what they want to talk about. They want to talk about a leak uh, that would overturn Roe versus Wade. Um, effectively sending us backwards immediately 50 years um, and in the short and long-term projections for what this is a portent to sending us back possibly to the 1860s. Um, The decision, the majority decision uh, penned by Alito and the uh, follow-up written by Amy Coney Barrett Uh, specifically cite things like saying broad things as utterly ridiculous as if it's not written in the original constitution, it's not a guaranteed right, (laughs) which is a problem, not just if you happen to have uh, a fetus in your womb currently that you don't or can't, don't want to or cannot carry the term. Uh, it, It also extends to Every woman, because right, uh, the right to vote was not codified into the Constitution, uh, every black person, because full personhood wasn't codified into the original Constitution, it's a gross uh, miscarriage and misunderstanding of not only our Constitution, but the concept of a Constitution. 
and as of right now, it hasn't. the The opinion has not been released. The final draft of whatever the final of whatever opinion has not been released. Um, the day that it is released, there are trigger laws in thirteen states that would immediately make abortion a one hundred percent abortion ban go into place. Um, and almost all of those are not going to be prosecuted by the state, but by the f- neighbors mm-hmm. and community members uh, that sue mothers. Uh, women, uterus-bearing people, and the doctors who offer them health care for somehow infringing on their rights, it's very unclear to me. Uh, And uh, fundamentally, what's being pushed forward is an evangelical plan that's been drafted since before Roe was even put in place. Um, to roll back all the civil rights in this country. Uh, And I would like to ask why um, your right to practice your religion as you see fit has anything to do with my reproductive rights and my ability to access health care. I think as we addressed in an earlier episode, um, the... Conservative forces have put this together to make, you know, the, to unite Catholics and Protestants mm-hmm. in one huge cause. Right. I think we're several generations now, or maybe just one. I don't even two. remember. Like, I can't gauge how long a generation even is. Right. Is it, 20 well, years? I, it used to be 40 years. I don't know what it is I now. think it's 20 now. Um, but the idea is that we're 50 years out, right? About, yeah. From when that decision originally was made. Yes. Um... The issue that is unifying these people has taken another... It's it's What's come up now is not the same rules or objections that the original people who... In the 70s right. were, or, or even before that, any, any, yeah. any previous opponents to abortion. I they imagine. would make exceptions in the case of a mother's life being in danger. We, we should also say 70 plus percent of the population right. of the United States, whether they um, uh, call themselves or categorize themselves as Christian or Catholic themselves, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, 75% or 70 plus percent across the board do not believe that Roe v. Wade should be overturned. Right. So we have radical judges placed, uh, sort of um, uh, molded by the evangelical mm-hmm. forces that run large swaths of this country right. uh, making decisions for everyone. And to the point where, yeah, we have Republican governors saying, yes, you should have to carry your rapist's baby to term. Right. So that was the other point I was going to return to. Cases where the mother's life is in danger. Cases where a person's been raped, including incest. If there were allowances made for those people, even under the... Even under the sort of strictest... Right. Now, and again, this was a part of a movement that I was a part of when I was in high school. The pro-life movement. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and switch that to forced right. birthers. Well, the thing is that at the time there was an understanding, of course not. I mean, it was ridiculous to us as people 
I, and I remember having a discussion at the time, uh, although it was one of those things like evolution that I didn't really have a huge conviction about, but I was like, isn't this what we're supposed to do? And then realized, no, it's not. But um, having a, com a conversation with a teacher, a friend of mine, and she asked me, like, why do you believe that? And it's like, well, because of the child. And I said, the issue that we're going to have always is that I'll see it as a children's rights issue and you'll see it as a woman's rights issue. And so that's going to conflict. As time went on, I began to realize this is utter nonsense. Yeah. Is that the child is not born yet. Nope. And so. And in a lot of cases, it, it's not viable, could not survive right. outside of, say, my body. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I just saw a TikTok um, that was very popular um, of a woman who is 16 weeks pregnant with a baby that she wants, really wants. This will be her third baby. Right. She's struggling with blood clots in her brain. Oh, Jesus. And she is fighting with doctors to get care. Right. Because the fetus might get hurt. And she's like, if I die, the fetus is not going to survive, mm. and two other children will not have a mother. The fact that we're even having this discussion. Right. She doesn't want, she is in a position where she right. does not, absolutely does not want to terminate this child, this pregnancy. But it makes absolutely no sense, no matter how you cut it for her to not get the life-saving medical help that she needs, yeah. okay? And this is this is a thing that's going to happen. Miscarriage. Miscarriage happens to one in four pregnancies. That seems very high. Well, that's because a lot of times you just think your period is two weeks late. But now, if somebody is doesn't like you, then they can sue you for a miscarriage in 13 not now but right. these trigger laws would allow that yeah, the first uh trigger law was in texas right or the there's 13 of them uh -huh. they're in various but, I mean, states it was, that do various things was it instituted in texas oh or? the the okay so when i say trigger laws what i mean is there are laws on the books that have been overturned okay. by the supreme court that as soon as they overturn roe will they will uh, effectively reverse the decisions right and all and the, yes but texas instituted a law which is to puzzling because yes. again the fact that and it were, actually when it was instituted and were, then all these other states followed there are no allowances made for any of the accidents that we mentioned any no. of the horrible things that could happen and that opens up just a legal pandora's box in terms of what if the rapist father wants to get involved yep. in the child's life yep. what if he wants to there's but they don't care. No, they uh, don't care because it's become... like the quote that I said. Uh, they don't It's become an care. issue that is uh, very much uh, the Hatfields and the McCoys. Well, well, a generation the, the issue, goes that knows what the fight was about, but in the end, there's just people killing each other going, why are we doing why this? Why are we doing this? Yeah. I don't remember why we're a doing and this. And the other problem is the issue is no longer the issue. You mm -hmm. say you're pro-life, but you're very clearly not mm -hmm. because you don't support... Welfare. You don't support right. um, anything to to um, increase uh, or decrease maternal mortality in this country. You don't support 
paid family leave. You don't support universal child care or uh, mm-hmm. preschool. You don't support more money in education. You don't support abstinence education even. Or like general broad uh, contraceptive information getting out so that people don't get pregnant in the first. You don't support any of those things. All you support is poor women who don't have access because trust me, rich women will get the medical assistance mm-hmm. that they need. They always have and they always will. Um, you want to force poor women into more dire situations. That's it. That's it. That's all. It, and it's so important yeah. to you that you will overlook a child incest victim. Just step right over them. Not give them a second well, thought. That's kind of the attitude that comes along with this kind of thinking. Yes. Um, and and again, I like I said, it was one of those things that when I got enough distance from it, I'm looking at going, first of all, if I believe this is true about the when a soul joins a human body, if I believe this is true, then I don't I, I can believe that. That doesn't mean that somebody else I had the right to enforce that belief on others. That was my first breakthrough, I think. Um the second one was understanding that there's a lot of there's nothing a lot of different conceptions about when life begins. And all that we have are inferences that right. come from the Bible about abortion. This is nothing that was so strong that Jesus, like homosexuality, where Jesus, in that case also, didn't say, you need to stop doing that. He talks about hypocrisy. He talks about the rich all the time. He talks about um, using a religion for money all the time. He does not address the subjects that are really the... Um, the points for the uh, kind of Christian conservative movement. And in effect, by giving the power to your neighbors to rat you out or, you know, somebody who has a grudge against you, you're making this country very much like the countries that you've despised in the past. Yeah. And, And so I don't see how this is a win for everyone. There is... Apparently, in Exodus uh, chapter 21, verses 22 and 23, there's a, a comment if people are fighting and hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there's no serious injury, the offender must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows. Still puts it in the hands of the man right. to right. insist on this, but yeah. this is one of the only times it mentions protecting an unborn An unborn baby, baby right. On the other hand, in, in numbers, there's an actual point, and again, very misogynistic from our point of view. Of course. Where if a man feels his wife is being unfaithful, she drinks something, there's a curse of God put on that object, she spontaneously aborts her baby because it's been carried from another man. If she's honest, it's not going to do anything. It sounds a lot like... Which finder if, general? Yes, if you're a witch, then you'll drown. Or if you're not a witch, then you'll drown. If you right. are a witch, then you'll fall so to it's, the top. It's Great, like, I'm a. This is a real darned if I do, darned if I don't situation. Right, and that's that's in uh, for those who want to look that up. Numbers. Um, but that is a that is a that is a Christian judge, right? Numbers uh, is the Christian judges, right? Yeah. Telling a husband 
it's cool to abort another man's baby. Right. right? So, That's so what that means? The, uh, Am I numbers is the correctly? is the old book. Okay. Oh, right. Not a Judeo. So, right. So the thing is that... Um, yeah, and that, I'm sorry, Christians go to that book way more than right. they go to the, and, the Christ book. Well, the thing is, the Christ book is divided equally among... Well, not divided even equally. There's Jesus, there's the apostles, and then there's Paul. Oh, <laughs> like, who, again... Is, Paul's coming up in the next segment. Yes, he is. <laughs> and I wonder, when I read that, I'm like, huh, that actually would make sense. But yes, there is a uh, Numbers uh, 5, 11 through 28 addresses a procedure where a man who suspects his wife of infidelity can take her to a priest and make a formal accusation. There's a prescribed ritual and um, any kind of physical... Unless there is an addendum to this that goes to the priest that goes, yo, 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 just give her some water. Right. Like, do not poison this woman. Then we have to presume that the priest is poisoning these babies to get rid of them well, if, they, if they are unclean. If which... they're unclean, if they're overpopulating, because remember at this time they're a very small population moving through the desert and mm-hmm. they didn't want to get rid of... Uh, and that's why it's so patriarchal, is because <laughs> it was a patriarchal society at this point because they're moving through a very a region with very little resources. They're moving toward the promised yeah, land. Yeah, for so long, which makes me think they really should have given the reins to a lady for like three days. Y'all would have been out of that desert. Oh, I'm sorry, there's no desert on Earth that 40 years is how long it takes to get through it. That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, she, he's, the priest is told to get an earthenware vessel and um, swear under the penalty of a curse from God that she's innocent of adultery. And then uh, he takes a uh, a great offering from the woman, burns on the altar, and finally made her drink this uh, bitter water concoction that she, yeah. he makes. Unless I unless we know that there is some addendum to uh-huh. the priest that's like, no, 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 just seriously, just put you know some dirt and some water. You're not going to actually poison these kids. Um, we're just trying to keep the dads from you know murdering their wives. Um, then they were legitimately giving. I, I don't abort a factance, I believe is the word, which is there's a that's the other thing. There's a bunch, right? There's a bunch, and they're all very dangerous. Yeah, but women have been doing what women need to do for themselves for literally ever, for literally all of time. Well, I when I came to sort of like where my position is now, which is that abortion is always a terrible thing, but it's a terrible thing for the mom as well. Yes, of course it is. And it's not like I need to worry in larger, not need to worry, I in larger society, this isn't my business. It's not. And I'm never going to hurt as much as the mother who has to give up their kid. And this notion that Although we, I would like to just be very clear, uh-huh. it is not a traumatic experience for it's, every woman. It's not a traumatic experience for everyone because there's some people who are absolutely certain they've made the right decision. Yes. But it's or also... Or they're absolutely mm-hmm. certain that the other decision is the wrong decision. Right. This may not be what anybody wants, but this is what needs to happen. Right. The, the, the what, what closed that phase of my thinking was understanding how much it asks out of a woman to bear a child. Uh, yeah, anyone with uterus. I have a, a friend who just recently gave birth, and uh, the placenta 
pulled out, a tore function. open her lining, and she nearly died. Yep. This is a friend I've had for years and years and years. And just, you know, with my own ex-wife, when our son or our child was born, um, it was quite nearly a disaster. Yeah. And after 48 hours of staying awake and trying to get her to push the baby out, they did a cesarean. And then she was unconscious and she was too highly doped up uh, because they'd given her so many muscle relaxants that she fell literally asleep and forgot to breathe. And they're, right. while I'm carrying out the baby, they're, you know, trying to resuscitate her. Resuscitate her, yeah. It was crazy to think that happened in the middle of the Berkeley Alta Bates. The maternal mortality rate has right. only been going up yeah. in recent years also. So it's not like we're protecting no. the women that are ushering these precious babies into the world. And again, the fact that there's money, uh, there are politicians who want to pull money out of WIC programs, want to pull money out of uh, preschool programs, daycare. It's really making it, when you, for a woman to get pregnant and decide to go through with it, it's asking her to give up years of her life infinite amounts of time of money of literal energy calories like yes what the it's easier to start a bonfire than it is to have a baby like it is like energy wise it is not it is not cheap or easy yeah it is neither of those things even if you don't keep the baby which is what I that's the last point I want to make. But it, I, I'm not against motherhood in any way. No. I love my kid. I Great. like my ex-wife. I, they're very fond of both of them. I can't take that and just use that as a metric to go, I did it. Yeah, so therefore. Therefore, you yeah. should do it. Mm-hmm. Just buck up and pull up your bootstraps, which... It's impossible to pick up yourself by your pick yourself up by your bootstraps. It's wild to me that they don't understand that that is a literally impossible thing, and that was the point of phrase. Right. The last statement I wanted to make was um, a monetary one, uh, sort of, which is um, the right has built up cult-like followings that believe that there is a secret sex tra- or uh you know traffic mm. human trafficking right specifically human trafficking and trafficking of children for sex and other reasons they've built this mythology with QAnon and right. these other some of which has gone things. way off the rails well, yes way off the rails a footnote in Coney Barrett's um addition to the opinion is a citation from a 2008 CDC report finding nearly 1 million women were seeking to adopt children in 2002, i.e. they were in demand for a child, whereas the domestic supply of infants relinquished at birth or within the first month of life and available to be adopted had become virtually non-existent. In the opinion, we have not just shunted aside a woman's right to have any um, control over her body and her reproductive health. But we've also put children in a supply and demand chain for the adoption industry in the United States. How is that the upholding of anybody's freedom? Yeah, it's not. What's... 
And I think it comes what appeals to... That's literally the definition of trafficking. Right. What appeals to, I think, a certain kind of person raised in the faith who then goes with this kind of extreme opinion, what appeals to them is that they can look at the Constitution the way they look at the Bible, which is that it's a hard right and wrong, it falls or raises on the book, which is not a claim the Bible ever makes for itself. No. And even as we've discussed earlier... It's also earlier, not a claim that the Constitution makes. No. Since when they released it, they released it with errata. Right. What are amendments, if not errata? And there were ten to start with. Right, exactly. And so, it, just looking at something, a document that was written when African Americans had no rights whatsoever, when women couldn't speak... And were only right. called two-thirds of a person. They being, didn't right. even have full personhood, right. let alone any rights that went That's along with That's also why that. I take such an objection when people go, this is a Christian nation. No, it's not. No, it's not. This is something that we shouldn't be standing for. And this, even if it's something that seems this the, the abortion issue... We cannot take away another person's right to live the life the way that they want to. Especially if you're going to also, in the same breath, call mm. yourself a small government right. organization. And this is, yeah, it, it's... Like, Republicans want to be uh, legislating literally everything I can do, think, or say. Right. And then want to say, but a corporation can do whatever it wants. That, that that's literally it's only small government for corporations. It's not small government for the individual. Yeah. It's your personal rights are going to be sacrificed, and and this is yeah. only the first. Yeah. They are going to go after contraception directly after this. The next thing that they will likely go after is gay marriage. Um, it's entirely possible that they then go after interracial marriage. And. If the precedent is, if it wasn't in the original Constitution, then it doesn't count. Right. Brown versus the Board of Education is out. Mm -hmm. Loving is out. Like, it rolls us back to, and black people are two-thirds of a person. Women can't vote. Black people can't vote. In fact... Most people can't vote, because who can vote? White men who own land. How many people are, the, are, are there that match that particular demographic in this country? 200,000? Maybe? Not as many as there used to be, I suppose. In California, it's particularly difficult to yeah. own land. That's the part that's rough. And you know what that means? You own your mobile home. You don't own the land underneath it, though. Yeah. But your landlord... As long as he's a white man, he can vote for whatever he wants. I think that this is going to be a game changer in terms of the Supreme Court and the way that it's already disrespected. It's actively... Since the 80s, it is 100% a political machine at this point. Um, you don't... It, justices, for most of the time that the Supreme Court has been in exist has existed mm -hmm. judges were um confirmed at like a hundred percent ninety percent ninety eight percent ninety nine percent a hundred percent like now it is party lines one hundred percent of the time 
you can't tell me that then that's not politi- politicized. Well, no, this is a group of fanatics. You know, and it's my country, right or wrong? What did Chesterton say? This is we are reaching a culmination of Uh planning that has been gone on by the far the extreme right since nineteen what sixty six, probably. Um, and it's coming to a head. And the the problem now, of course, is there are more of us than there are of them. So they what what's going to happen is they're going to take one too many things, and that's gonna and it's going to tip. I think it's but it's I don't think it's going to happen right away. I don't think I, we're there yeah. yet because women, we're first of all white women are our own worst enemies. We I, are. I have no comment white, on that. White women and white Christian women. Mm. I am not a white Christian woman, but I, woman, but I am a white woman. We are a I would say not the majority of the problem, but we're 49% of the problem because we put our whiteness before anything else. Why do we do that? I don't know because I don't because it doesn't make any sense because my mm-hmm. whiteness means literally nothing to me. Right. It's not any, it does, it literally doesn't, it's not a thing that exists. Well, it's strange because you don't exchange or you don't trade on your whiteness, which is one of the reasons. I'm sure as I move through the world, right. I do. Right, but I don't see you consciously doing it. And and I know that there are times where you might get a break with a job or something because of your yeah. appearance and what you your education and everything. And um I recently got asked for a friend that since I began recovering and I'm walking around with a cane, do you yeah. get treated any differently? And I'm like, by my friends, yes, by everyone else, no. It's literally, it's literally yeah, the it's same. Just the same. It's like there's still people who are like honking at me in their cars for taking too long walking or people being really rude. That's fascinating. And it's Okay, well, now that you I'm perceived as being vulnerable, people seem to be more verbal with me. Um, but I said, yeah, but it doesn't frighten me because I'm still, you know, thank God yeah, I'm still me. You, and you're carrying around a stick. So. Right. But it's uh, when I'm looking at the way that you operate in the world, I think that you've joked about using your whiteness as a way of leveling a playing field in a way. I would like to do that. Right. When that would were, be my goal. One of your jobs was to make sure certain people got hired sure. and make sure that other people's resume got looked at that weren't going to be looked yeah. at because there was another competitor mm-hmm. who um, fit into the idea of who works at this law firm or who works at this yeah. office or who... So you, you've done a, a really good job so far. So I well, appreciate I appreciate that. that. I'm not looking for accolades. Uh, no, but, I know. but Yeah, no, white women are... Going to, and I think more of us are waking up to the fact that this is not. It's this world is not made for you, and you're no, not. There's isn't. no guarantee that. But we think that it is, right? And that's the thing. It's yeah. like what we need to not do is get to be where it's you know it's white men and women at the top. I'm quoting. I'm this right. so. This is a Handmaid's Tale, right? You don't want to realize that, oops, there can only be one. Right. And you've done everything to help the man that's going to kill you mm-hmm. take out all of y'all's rivals when they were on your team, really. Right. Because he's the only one trying to be the only one. Yeah. Everybody else could have just killed that one, knocked that one down a peg. Right. And gone along fine. But that one had to be in charge, and you were like, oh, I'm going to 
cozy up next to this. Let me be part of it. It's not for you. They're going to Highlander you at the end. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting way of putting it. But like, and so hopefully, sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. we come to... I'm- I'm hoping for our the senses. I'm praying for the sooner. I want because it because be, the longer it goes, yes. the more violent it's going the to be. The more that you get used to something, you start accommodating yourself to a particular, like. And I'll give an example personally, because the the frog in the boiling water always sort of like makes me horribly choked up because I worry about the frog. To give an example for myself, he's okay. It's not a real thing. I started tolerating pain. Yeah. A year ago. Yep. And then I was in more pain. Yep. And I learned how to stuff that down. And then I was in horrible, horrible pain. Then I went to a doctor. And they were like, oops, you don't have no spine. Right. So the the thing is, it wound up being that if I had gone and just said, I need you to take this very seriously, because the first doctor's visit, they just said it was a pulled muscle. Yeah, yeah. If I had insisted, I need you to take an x-ray. I need to take You needed something. a scan, I yeah. needed... Um, because this isn't working. Had I just stopped being Mr. Tough Guy, right? And and but kind of, we're also gaslit in our doctor's offices. Like right. as much as healthcare is a right, it's mm-hmm. also a land, um, a minefield in this country. Yeah, where most of the population see anyone who's not white and cis and male. Um, the medicine wasn't made with you in mind because they default to white cis male. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that our bodies react to things is atypical. Right. So it must not really be happening. That is what happens with people of color and women. Oh yeah, in, I saw that with my dad in and in my the mom. hospitals yeah. constantly. Women have different heart attack symptoms. They don't tell you what they are. We know numbness and tingling in your arm, mm-hmm. that's a heart attack. Not if you're a woman. Right. Why why wouldn't why wouldn't we know all of the possibles? Like why wouldn't we? Because typically it defaults to white mm-hmm. cis men. Defaults to white cis men. Defaults to white cis men. So even if you had gone to the doctor and said take me seriously, I had a I had a swelling in my oh, neck yeah. for a decade. Turns out it was cancer the whole time. But I got told all manner of things, like if you lose some weight, just keep an eye on it. Oh, it probably got fat and happy and just decided to stay swollen. How How that are you a doctor? More. I don't know. Ma'am, how is that a response to a patient? Because you think that if I lost 50 pounds, all of my troubles would go away. Like, Right. The healthcare system is a problem too, but that is definitely going to undergo some changes because uh, after COVID, we're going to have massive exodus from that. Well, we field. have a, a new plague to worry about. The and the other the other half of like another issue with the abortion um, mm-hmm. thing is if abortions aren't legal, then doctors don't learn how to perform them, this and sometimes true. you have to perform them in case of an emergency. Right. And so we'll just have this knowledge gap in our medical providers in this country. Well, there's... Um, I'm trusting that this won't go through. 
We'll see. I, I'm surprised they haven't released the final opinion. Well, I think that the issue was... They're probably going to do it on Friday right before a three-day weekend. I believe weekend. that this, <laughs> the reason why the leak is bothering them so much is that they want something to focus on, for one. Yeah, they don't. So secondly, don't look at me. Look at the... Right. Secondly, um, they wanted to take Thomas. people by surprise. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. Um, and there have been mu- there's been much discussion about who would leak it. Was it a liberal? It probably actually makes more sense that it's conservative mm-hmm. to lock somebody into. Well, you can't let the public's opinion change your mind. Although I would argue the Supreme Court could let the public's opinion change their mind because seventy plus percent of the people that they are governing, I, they're like weird wizards. I don't. Like I don't, the power over the American people, they kind of work for us, but they, we can't do anything about them. Right. Like it's a very weird system. But seventy plus percent of the people that they are ostensibly serving—that's what they say—you're serving a just judicial period, so they're serving us. We don't want what they're about to do. No. And so if that's yeah. if a public opinion does change their the, their minds, that's not a bad thing. Uh, it's just, it's, it's too much, but we'll see what happens sometime after May 24th. Now we talk about marketing Jesus in your own personal Jesus. Your own personal Jesus. In 1968, Augustine Og Mandino wrote a short book on an alternative method to success salesmanship. It quickly became a bestseller, being translated into eventually 20 languages and selling over 50 million copies. The greatest salesman in the world. Uh, have you heard of this book? No. We, we must have sold some copies of it at Cody's. I don't. Where would it have been shelved? It would have been shelved. It's it's an odd book because it's usually shelved with a self help. Okay. Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill's book. Okay. How to Win Friends and Influence yeah, it would People. Be self, that it kind would of be self help. Okay. Yeah, so but it, no, I don't recall that. Yeah, we used to sell a lot of it out of homes, but company people would come in and just buy dozens at a time for conferences or seminars they were given. So the greatest salesman in the world is framed in an Orientalist fantasy, an old man, Hafid is the most successful salesman in the ancient world. He is, to his servants and uh, employees' surprise, looking to... Re- okay, I'm sorry. He is looking to retire, to his servant's surprise, and pass on this, his success, the secrets of how he got to amass this huge empire, um, just as his mentor, Pathros, passed it to him. Pathros took Hafid in as a young camel tender. Yes, this is a book written in the 60s. About it was people. written in the 60s? Okay. The 1968, I guess, oh, is okay, gotcha. All right. So, yes, he's a camel tender. And okay. Like a jo- I was going to say like a jockey, and it's like, no, that's a slur. It's, he tends like a stable boy, I guess. I get it, yeah. Um, he recognizes Hafid's ambition and tells him to sell an expensive coat in the poor community of Bethlehem. Um, so he gives this young man this very expensive coat, gives it for him to sell in an area where no one has any money. After a fruitless day, Hafid hides in a stable from the cold night. He discovers that he shares it with Mary and Joseph. 
and the child Jesus. Is he, he like Jesus. Christ's buddy? Well, Chad or whatever that Biff. Biff. No. <laughs> He gives uh, Jesus the coat to keep it keep him warm because it's so cold in Bethlehem, and he uh, he returns to Pathros expecting some harsh treatment for giving this a very expensive coat to a child to keep him warm. Instead, Pathros sees him coming in the light of the star in the sky. So yes, it's that night. He praises him for being so compassionate and then gives him a trunk full of. Ten scrolls. That's, that's a lot, man. <laughs> right. Ten scrolls is a lot of scrolls. And tells him that he has to meditate on them three times a day. Um, and the scrolls include ideas like, I will form good habits and become their slave. So is that like the chapter heading and then there's actually right. a chapter in the book that is that? And so like... I, I actually listened to, the, I listened to the book. I couldn't. I didn't have a copy to read, but I uh, there's a, a copy on... Uh, YouTube, yeah, that I was able to listen to. Uh, read each day with love in your heart. I will persist until I succeed. I am nature's greatest miracle. There's, it, you know, a lot of it is just sort of self-affirmation things. Um, and at the end of the book, I mean, because previously, and it's really weirdly constructed. Hafid is an old man, is wandering through Damascus with his great empire. He tells his servant, "I want to pass this on the way it was passed on to me." And then we're in this very long extended flashback. And then it comes back to the present where he shows the servant oh, the gross. scrolls. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things where I'm like, wait, whose flashback are we? It's like, is this a... Okay. But... Um, so now he's like, okay, I'm going to pass this uh, right. bunch of scrolls on to somebody. Who's he going to pass it on to? Have we heard of them before? Um, as it turns out, at his door knocks a very youthful and rugged... And somewhat stripped, and the, the way he's described sounds almost like more like John the Baptist, you know, who was this wild man who lived in the desert. And it apparently is St. Paul. No, 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 no. Um, I was going to bring St. Paul up right now for totally different reasons, so this is fascinating. And also, I'm grossed out, and I don't understand how people don't get mad at this. Right. Well, St. <laughs> okay, Paul... Shows up at the door. Sure, and he does. He explains that he's St. Paul, formerly Saul of Tarsus, and that lots of people are but angry. Now I'm the best Christian that ever Christ well, is. Well, he, he's trying, oh. and no one's listening to him because they remember, aren't you the guy who killed that guy? And the guy who was, in, you know, the, like the chief inquisitor, the hunter for the Sanhedrin. And he's like, yes, but I've seen the light. It yeah, literally right. knocked me off my horse and blinded me for a few days. Okay. And he can't get people to believe him. And he said, uh, he brings back, and this is really strange, the robe that that Christ, he tells Jesus' story, he said, you know, when he died, they parted lots for his robe. Uh-huh. And the robe turns out to be the same one that Hafid gave to him when he was a baby. Of course it is. Because it has the same mark on it of his master, Pastros, pa Patros. And then he realizes, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing all along. You deserve these scrolls, and he gives them on to St. Paul. Gross. To overcome the fact that he is, uh, that he's no longer trusted by the Christian community, because they all remember him as St. Paul the Assassin, instead of St. Paul, this really decent guy who has all these great things to tell us. So... The inference is that by using these rules of salesmanship, 
he was able to convince, uh, he was able to spread Christianity all over the world. Yeah. Which is one thing that we can credit Paul with. He was tireless, tireless in his evangelism, and he just went everywhere he could that's get a boat. That's not a good thing, but okay. Yeah, and it calls into a bigger question, and that's a question I'll pose towards you about evangelism in general. Yeah. So evangelism through marketing. It seemed that Og Mandino, who was raised in the church, was using Christian principles to promote a kind of secular ethical workplace. Uh, commendable, perhaps, but in the middle of this pseudo-historical document. Yeah. It's... But also, I don't know how the church wouldn't read that and see it as blasphemous. Right, which is my which, question. Uh, which is, uh, you're saying that people uh, buy it a lot. It's very popular. I am very surprised that it's not on their banned books list. Right, and I don't know. Maybe it's on the, the Catholic list of banned books. I have to check. Somebody must have banned it. But the idea that St. Paul's success is not led, is not directly a result of divine inspiration, but because which actually sounds after our Paul um it also doesn't does it means that Christianity didn't sprout just from the will of Christ and right. God which yes. I think is another m- myth yeah. that maybe the church was telling itself for a while like I think that and see here's where I I need to ask you about evangelism as a thing I grew up with it and to me it seems perfectly natural that people would evangelical the only evangelists i've ever actually inner i mean i i i know evangelicals right the only evangelists i've ever interacted with are jehovah's witness mm. um i have not been you know <sighs> sort of recruited (laughs) like i that has not happened to me except by jehovah's witnesses they're the only sect that i am aware of currently that are evangel like actively evangelizing as part of their practice the evangelical christians that i grew up with they had a really interesting method of evangelizing which is to go to public parks and just start singing. Oh, the and the Jesus, the, right. the preacher across from Cody's. The preacher across from Cody's. So I guess him too, or them too. Um, they were only there when it was sunny out, so I called them fair weather Christians. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how if you are a Christian who... Cause I, I don't do... People believe that singing on a street corner is going to... It's meant to evoke, I think, in people a feeling and a memory of what church was like. It's meant to put the name out there so that when you think about it, you're, no, I I, yes, but also no, nobody doesn't know what Christianity is. Yeah. Now, and I hate to say this too, but um, the, the, the article that I read about this thing put it in a, in, in a really interesting way, which was um, if I judge what I want to consume or, or buy mm-hmm. based on the other customers of that thing, I'm not buying Christianity. Right. And, and I'll, I'll get to that one in a second because it's a really interesting quote. <clears throat> uh, but I think 
like in terms of those evangelisms, I've been out there. I haven't been singing, obviously, because that would driven people away. It's like they would start worshiping Satan if they heard me sing. Ah, uh, unlikely. Um, but uh, the when we worked at Cody's, there was a moment when I'm working at the counter and I'm listening to these people sing, and two of our our owner at the time and one of my coworkers, uh, who is a Jewish man and a gay man. Okay got together and just started mocking these people relentlessly. Oh, yeah. And they were saying, well, where are the lines when you need them? You know, yeah, that's it's like, oh, gross. come on. You know, that's horrible. And they but said, also, I'm trying to do my job. Right. And I, I understand like, that. They weren't even, like, in the neighborhood just because. They are, they have to be there. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to your church. Right. I'm at my job. Right. <laughs> but when you're in Berkeley, and I'm this not is, saying yeah. they should be killed, but I'm saying yeah, I don't that was need their this first in move. my like, life. Wow, that's coming from two. Is it their first move, or had both of them worked there for decades and heard this every weekend? You no, know, that I don't know. You know that. Right. You know, both of them were long-term employees. It is just possible that they were. And this I think is an ongoing conversation that they've had for literally years. Both of these it's shitty. Or it's, are it's also like it's people who good. are from groups who have been persecuted. Of course. By the church. Um, and so I uh, I felt that played a huge part in it, but it's like, wow, that's that was rough to hear. And then there was. Uh, because again. But that, I'm sure they've heard Christians say worse things about them personally, right? right? Yeah. Possibly. Uh, so. Going back to the sort of marketing part of evangelism, yes, you might have seen the ads, and I saw them starting in March, you know, leading up to Easter. March is when they started, it looks like. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. Uh, there were black and white photographs, and they're interrupted by captions. And it's the sort of a, a as you, anybody who's seen what I do, it very much appealed to me. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Their color scheme is very good. Right. Um, the, the, it's a black and white and yellow are the is the color scheme for the campaign, the ad campaign exactly. for Christ. And here we go. Um, and this is... Couldn't have found anything else to do with that money, I guess. They're interrupted <laughs> by captions that are reassuring us that for all of his divinity, Jesus understands us. The last caption directs us to a website. He gets us. Yeah. Those were the commercials. So the website presents a, more of the sort of striking images that were in the commercials mm-hmm. and also these very really helpful captions. Yeah. Uh, there's, for, uh, uh, for instance, a prompt. Read it, and it follows into other stories about Jesus confronting things like anxiety, loneliness, yeah. broken relationships, and then you can click on the audio and hear those stories. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah. The, the, if you go to click on the, the, in the website to read about Jesus, uh-huh. it directs you to, it, it on, in my case, because I was on a Mac mm-hmm. or an Apple product, it directed me to the Church of Life's Bible app. Wow. Yeah. And FYI. that's interesting too, because apparently... I wanted to know, I was like, who else is affiliated with this? Because, you brought this up to me the other day, like, mm. have you seen this? And I was like, no. And you explained it to me, and I was like, no. You, how much did they spend on this, this ad campaign? Right. As far as 
they've revealed it's about a hundred million dollars. So they they will and we'll we'll talk mm. in a second about who they are. Um put an ad camp paid paid an ad agency. Let's mm. be very clear what 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 spending a hundred million dollars on an ad campaign is. They gave one hundred million dollars to an ad agency, mm-hmm. not to Christ or to churches, not to the poor, not, uh, not to the poor, no. not okay. to the homeless or the hungry, um, not even to like quote unquote pro life advocates. Right. They gave it to an advertising agency who I will say I looked up and has also worked with Focus on the Family yes. and um, another Christian organization that starts with an A that I can't remember, um, who've done and done similar things, just to get out the word. Okay, so you told me that, and I Mm. was like, that's not how investing works, right? Okay, so this was presented by a nonprofit, right? Right. Um. And who do they say they get their money from? They get their money from private donors and they who formed the Christian Serpent Foundation is supported by an organization called Signal Tree. And yes, the reason why you didn't Signal Tree sounds like um like one of those flesh and blood or flesh and bone like um you know I can only think of the Eagle Scouts. What are the like secret societies? Oh, the skulls and the skull, right? Things like Illuminati that. Illuminati. And... Yes, it sounds like a secret society. The right. signatory. Yeah, that's. Good. I'm. So, I know, but it sound. That's what it sounds like. I was like, I'm sorry. The what? <laughs> and it's of course a bunch of extraordinarily rich people who don't want their name associated with this. So that's. Well, all the people... The first thing I was like... To start with the question about pro-life groups, it's an ecumenical group. So these people aren't going to, you know, the pro-life or pro-after-you're-born group, Yeah, they, uh, they cross all sides of the Christian spectrum. Right. So in the effort not to... Yeah, well, here's, here's also that. a pro tip. Uh-huh. Um, if you don't pick any side, you've picked the abusing side always. That's mm-hmm. how that works. But yeah, there's, mm-hmm. they say that they're non-denominational, which is fine, except for every person that gave some of that $100 million belongs to some denomination, don't they? Um, and my immediate thought was, you know, when I give to charity there's an outcome that I want, right? Like I'm right. giving to, I, I, so this family can eat for a week, or I'm giving so that trans kids have a place to call safely, or I'm giving, uh, you know, so that somebody else can wear these clothes and get some use out of them. Or I'm, I'm there's a, there's a, a, a like a, an outcome. Or I'm donating money to an, any number of other causes mm-hmm. that will use that money for something tangible or at least reportable. There's no ROI. There's no return on investment of this $100 million. I don't understand if it's literally not a money laundering scheme 
Like, how can you even call it a charitable write-off? What What is the charity that was performed? You cannot prove that you've saved a soul. That mm. you can't even prove that anybody's even... I guess you can get number of calls to their particular um, sessions, but there's no deliverables. There's no... Like, how do you tell if this $100 million did anything not even anything good literally anything well what you're i mean you're watching the ads and you're seeing the youtube videos and you're seeing the website and you're seeing i you mean, saw all of them right. i didn't see any of them and you'd think i would be more of a target than you would be right. so once again i know in this case they're preaching <laughs> to the choir but um yeah, I uh, I think what they announced that they wanted to do is to... Let me see if I can find the exact statement, because it's actually pretty good. One of the gentlemen involved is talking about Christianity as a message. Okay. One of them explains that he doesn't... He did, did this because he became under the, uh, came with the awareness that... It's like it's his religion of love turned into like a hate crime. Sure. And that's true. Yes. Like, why are we doing this to people? Why are we doing this when we're frankly just sort of... Like, I don't disagree with the claims that are made mm -hmm. on the website. I'm left with, so what? You're not reckoning with any of the issues. You're not admitting to any wrongdoing. You're not reckoning with the you know, the othering of every community in the United States that's ever gone up against Christianity, which is, at various points, all of them. Right. Like, there's no... You can't just be like, you know, Jesus preached love. I'm like, yeah, but Christians are actively legislating me out of my civil rights. Right. And Jesus isn't here. Christians are. Why would I join the group that's actively, like, trying to destroy me? I just don't, I don't understand. Yeah, it's what, my first issue is the fact that they're marketing it this way. Um, and apparently, like you're saying, there have been attempts within the marketing to produce something that was more controversial. Uh, one of the first... Uh, attempts they did to put out an ad was Jesus was born to a teenage mom. Yeah. And supported by, which is something that a lot of people could identify with. And it's like, oh my God, that's true. Yeah. Jesus, but and the things I would like them to say in right. terms of. That, that, th what they did do was do in the other side because one of the first things on that first page is Jesus was canceled. Mm -hmm. right. And who is identifying as. Uh, cancel culture as a thing. Right. Conservative, largely evangelical people. So you're saying you're non-denominational, but you're choosing to use that word in terms of you can relate back to Jesus. That's a problem. Uh, that rubbed me the wrong. I was like, ooh, nope. What? <laughs> Whenever I see the word canceled, I'm like, okay. Um, I can't find the exact quote, uh, but... 
what one of the people who's running the site um, uh-huh. it said was that he, he was trying to reach out to skeptics and younger people. Uh-huh. That was his whole goal. And in doing so, he goes, it's, it's a branding issue. It's like your favorite restaurant has a server that just is a jerk. Yep. And he's constantly sort of like making remarks. He's not, you're not going to go there. Yep. And he goes, that's basically the way the church is going. Yep. But instead of uh-huh. firing the bad server, what they've decided to do is hire his friends. Is, well, yes, hire his friends, but also raise the building and rebuild it. Right. But nothing has changed. The food's the same. The service is the same. It's got this shiny new wallpaper on it, but it's this. I'm still going to get treated like crap if I go to this restaurant. So I'm not going to this restaurant. So what is this? Once again, what is this more? Like you had a hundred million dollars, right? You had a hundred million dollars and you decided to put up wallpaper with it. If what you want is more people in the church, you need to change the church so that it's welcoming to more people. And it's, I, I think, because I've seen them, and it's, it's a really interesting presentation. And again, I think, because I grew up with these, you're making, you're, you're donating 10% of your earnings to the church every uh-huh. That's every wild. Um, and I don't right now because I don't have a church. Well, yeah, well, not to mention 10% of your income uh-huh. in California leaves you unable to pay your bills. Right. That's not That's how we live. We're uh, not falling like that church. But um, to me, I saw when I looked at both this uh, this ad campaign, I thought about Augmandino's book. Uh-huh. And they both have these sort of attempts to create a society like we're popularizing Jesus, we're popularizing our St. Paul in Augmandino's case. Gross. Um, Once again, gross. <laughs> but it's just the methods. Like, do we do we need this? And again, it it went to that question of I don't know that this is the best way to reach people. I think that there's, I think that there needs to be an outreach to the internet generation. Yes, sure. But I'm telling you, I'm uh-huh. going to tell you for the like the third time just in the last minute. If mm. you don't make the changes right. inside. The outreach is not going to do it. And I it. don't know that these churches that they're steering you towards are, are all accepting. That's so it's even mm-hmm. it's doubly dangerous, and right. you're hurting down the road another attempt if you lure people into a dangerous situation for so them. So if the Methodist Church or the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. churches that are all inclusive, right? reject heteronormativism as like how we reject the patriarchy, those churches, Christian churches, if they were um, making an ad campaign like that, could you... Okay, once again, it's $100 million that could be spent so much better. The only ad campaign I want is the pie chart Mm -hmm. of where you spent that $100 million in our communities. That's the pie chart I want to see. That's the only ad I want to mm. see from you. If you've raised this much money and you feel like you need to spread Christ's love, that's what you're going to need to do. I'm going to need to see some housed people. I'm going right. to need to see some mental health 
given out on the streets. I'm going to need to see shower uh, mobiles out right. with your logo and a little pie chart on it of it's this is what we're doing with the I'm money. <laughs> and two, mm-hmm. until uh, there's not a Christian church in existence that has reckoned correctly with past bad behavior and current bad behavior of its members and its staff. Um, and I don't know how you get, you don't just get a free pass because you look, you're purple now. Like, it's yeah. not, you know what I mean? Like, uh, spend that money doing reparations to families who are hurt by the church. Mm-hmm. Spend that money, like I said, in the communities. Don't give an advertising agency a hundred million. And these are advertising agencies who had worked with churches before. No, uh huh. Right. And and that money, some of that money is passed through, right? Some Mm -hmm. of that money is billboard space, uh, you know, time, you know, uh, airtime and things like that. The way that an ad agency works is you, you have a budget of X amount and some of that goes to, but I promise you that at least $10 million of that money went to the masterminds at the agency. Right. Human men, men may be women, but you know, advertising is skewed heavily male still. Um, and it's a religious agency, so, you know, <laughs> um, probably skewed even more male. Uh, to write platitudes and do little else and make a pretty website. Like, mm. uh, that's not... It's it's it feels real gross to me when there are if we had a surplus if everybody was comfortable and safe in in a in a, the home that they wanted to be in with the people that they wanted to be in fed um, and not worried about that their lights were going to get turned off then you could spend a hundred million dollars on a website and an ad campaign but until then I right. it's not just the website it's the, the YouTube channel it's the right it's a bunch of it's, it's, a, it's a bunch they, of stuff. they kind of went big with it. Um, and it turns out that they had some success in the uh, the early trial period where they released it in 10 cities and they counted the number of people who joined the Bible study, who joined stuff like that. So that's... So, but they, how they long were they counting that metric beforehand? How do you mean? Or were they do at every Bible study, was it because you heard about this thing? Or was it their it's, specific... It's signed through the Bible study okay. that's there. Gotcha. So they were able to... And they go, yep, the, the large percentage of people uh, that... I'd, I'd be interesting in seeing that data. If it's just people... Because they also picked a time when uh, togetherness was n- becoming more normal in right. after COVID, right? In March of this year... It's possible that people were just looking for Bible studies right. again yeah. because they had put it on hold for two years, and you've got good SEO. Well, but what are you getting out of that? I I don't know what the future of church gatherings even are, in some ways, because it it um. Well, they're not real safe these days. Churches not real and safe. schools oh, really not places you want to yeah, hang so, out. I, I can agree with you that the pandemic played some part in that. It's like site was re- restricted to ten cities. Uh, Seventeen thousand people engaged with them, or started the Bible reading program, and they most of them have completed it. So it looks like 
it's it's getting what they want, but again, as you're but saying, there's not really a... I don't understand what they want. It feels like a cult. Or, and they, that's why I was like, mm-hmm. where are you going to set... What readings on Jesus are you... And there was a Bible app, so I right. presume that the Bible app has the actual Bible and it's right. not something else. Uh, I wasn't going to download it. I've got a Bible. I'm all set. It's Precious Moments and it's got sort of my name on it. Um, but I don't... Like I said, unless you're laundering money, I don't understand. I don't understand why you've done this. It's so... It's really... There's moments when it's hard to explain to people, I think. I'm telling... Okay, if I said, hey, we would like to Mm -hmm. spread as much of Jesus' love as we can with this $100 million, would you give it to an ad agency? No, I wouldn't. I would do something different. I don't think what they're doing is... Is it a misuse of funds? If I mean, if, you can no, no. do anything you want with the your people, money, but don't right. tell me that what you want to do is spread the love of Jesus and then give it to an ad agency. Right. That's what I was wondering about. I That's where I'm at. Your I'm opinion at, on there it. Are, there are a hundred... There are a hundred thousand families that you could give a thousand dollars to that would make... That would be life-changing for them. Mm-hmm. A hundred thousand families you could give a thousand dollars to for what they gave to an advertiser. Right. I so, just twenty thousand families, five thousand dollars. Right. It's an obscene number of people you can help with that much money. And they gave it to an advertising agency who then gave it to tech companies and landlords and television stations. So that's where the money went. And that's not... How is that charity? Mm. I also don't understand how that's... That's a legal non-profit. You know, uh, that part of it, I don't know. I I didn't think about it until just right now, but I'm just like... Don't, as a charity, you have to like... Or as a non-profit organization, show a benefit to the community... How how is this that? How can you prove that this is that? Mm. What are the like? What are the deliverables? What do you? Seventeen thousand people did a Bible study. How is that? Like you can't prove that that's beneficial to the community in any way. Not in a way that you could say we fed fifty thousand people. You know, for three months, like. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the choices. I lean heavily on money laundering. I don't want to lean on cults, but I will if I have to, but I lean I, heavily I don't on money laundering. There's nothing in it that I've seen so far that says cult to me. No, I didn't, I didn't right. see that either. And it's mostly because the people doing it remain anonymous, and a cult has a clear leader and a There's a hierarchy, out. right. And yeah. you, you need to get to this no, guy. No, that's, yeah, it doesn't feel like a cult Hubbard to me. or Jim Jones or, And I've you know. got pretty good cult radar. I mean, it's not 100%. I could be in a cult at any time, but right. I've got a Have pretty good... Have you ever worked for Amway? Be, I've not. I'm not. <laughs> yes, there we no go. multi-level marketing either. Um, they use cult strategies. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's wild. Um, but I... I have a pretty good BS detector. Mm-hmm. 
And when somebody tells me what I want to hear, it rubs me the wrong way. So I'm not a good. I'm not. See, I'm not good for a cult. I'm. I'm like <laughs> enzymatically opposed <laughs> to being in a cult. But um, so so I was looking at the website like, is this no? But if now I'm just it, like, all right, well then it's just a place to put dirty money. Uh, that's that's a pity. I'm hoping that it's not. I'm hoping that these people have the best of intentions. But I really do wish that. And I don't know. I don't know how best to reach younger people. Yeah. And I... And I understand, too, that... Because like we were talking about earlier... Climate change. <laughs> through climate change initiatives. It's one way. Through... Uh, because young people are scared because the Earth is dying and they're going to have to be here for it. When we were talking about the group that evangelized across the street from our old job. Yeah. Right? Um, two people that entrenched, they welcome the kind of skepticism and anger they get. Because the the heart of the struggle, the the brighter the glory. That's wild, too. That feels like if you wear her down, she'll be yours forever. Gross. Well, no, it's not like that. I mean... Well... Well, I mean, I get questions, and it's funny because I... I it kind of is like that. I get questions like that that are posed to me by people who are not believers or more agnostic or something. And, you know, I had a friend recently kind of nudge me and go, well, how do you actually love Jesus? I mean, do you love him like you love your your grandparents or well, your well, uncle? Or do you, like... We don't have to get into my my diatribe on the word love, do we? Right. No, not yet. There well, are a million, that. there are like 17 different versions of love, and we right. have used one word for all of them, and it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and even even in in the actual Bible, there are three different mm -hmm. words that we use for love. Because Greek had more than we have, and Aramaic right. have more than we have. We messed up. English, we've done a terrible job. We shouldn't have to go platonic love, romantic love, right. aromantic love, sexual love, familial love. Paternal love, like all right. of these are different. They are different emotions. They are they have different meanings. But we've just decided love's fine, love's good. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, that won't cause any confusion ever. Yeah, but I mean, in talking to people, I I have always considered you an agnostic rather than that is what I am. Right. Um, and this other person, I've kind of like pushed a little bit into agnosticism as well, but not in a way that was being pushy. My way of evangelizing to my friend is to try to be a good example. Or yes, that is, yes, correct. That's what I'm saying. That's what, if you said, what if these churches right. had this money and wanted to get the word out? I want to see, the only image I want to see is look at the money that we were able to raise and right. look where we got to spend it in our communities and look at these happy people, regardless of whether they have crosses around their necks. Well, that we, were helped by this money. I, I, That's the other thing. Right. Mm, I was reading the quote in the previous one, and he used the word aliens, and I was like, <laughs> I didn't like that. It was right. better than the, fur, the word illegals to, right. to, to refer to human beings. But uh, immigrants is fine. Refugees is probably better. But, like, yeah. It's, it's a more <laughs> accurate description. But, um, yeah, calling people aliens, that's, that's it's not just weird. Uh, I'm not sure how that works because... Again, and we're all terrestrial, so yeah, I'm not from outer space. And as a matter of fact, I'm Mestizo. I'm supposed to be here. Yeah, you were here first. Sorry. But um, the, yeah, but um, but yeah, I just I get very concerned about 
what happens because obviously when you secularize this message you water it down a lot i don't feel I, you think that's what they're doing secularizing the message i think that like the book that we talked about that just presents jesus as this uh as an object to be sold that this also comes across as a commodity maybe but christianity itself not christ himself right and say. that's another thing that everyone in these articles have mentioned and you know I haven't gotten to, to all of the articles, to them, yeah. which is it seems like everyone loves Jesus they just don't like the, they're weary of the church yeah. and I and cannot even, blame them even people who don't go to church like Jesus sure. some of them love Jesus he's yeah that's where I'm at big right? fan don't know if I'm uh I don't believe in his provenance the way that you believe in his right. provenance, uh, which is fine. Yeah. But I have nothing against Jesus. Do I have a thing against a lot of the organized religion under in his name? Right. Yes. That's Ongoing and systemic. Right. Deep. Built into the bones issues. Yeah. The same way I have with our country. Right. And so unless you're going to make big changes, I can't, I was born in this country. I'm a citizen of the United States. There's mm -hmm. nothing I can do about it. So I can push for the big changes I wanted right? or I want, or that we need e even more specifically. Um, and hope that I have some power to say that I am not a member of the church and I look at it and I see it's, atrophy mm -hmm. and it's inner rot and i don't want to go in there right clean it up clean your house right. up before you invite me over it's <laughs> a 2000 year old institution i told this to a friend of mine who wasn't a friend of mine who wasn't is an atheist it's very hard to get everyone just Turn the rudder it's the right going to be very hard, but it's, also but it's, it's going to be necessary if, if you want to expand or you are going to right, shrivel up. We, we can't, like I said, everyone loves Jesus. Go with that. And that was kind of why when we went into the whole thing about St. Paul, it's like, okay, the things you don't like about Christianity are all primarily all because yeah. of this guy. But here's the problem. Right. That's what's Christian in this country today. Right. That's what's, and they're right. causing me problems in my country. And I didn't even have to go into their church. Right. So now why would I go into their church? Like, it feels like then I'm being attacked on all sides and it doesn't seem very smart for me to do So, that. yeah, that's an interesting... So in conclusion, I can say... Yeah. As far as... Because I wanted your opinion because, yes, I need the opinion sometimes of a person who was not raised in the church. Right? Mm -hmm. I need that. I need somebody who's not going to burst into tears when he sees a crucifix when he enters for Christmas... I went to... Sometimes that burst into tears at weird religious things. But yeah, but it's... It's my own issue. You've been to the Vatican. I haven't. Which is, I think, really lovely. I need your opinion because there are times when I am so accepting of the way that things have been for such a long time that I don't understand that there's room for change. That we can change things. And I, that we... Apparently, it's the scariest thing, because all I want in the world is for us to look around realizing the systems that we've built mm -hmm. don't work. Right. Let's 
get rid of them and build new systems that do work. And the idea is, no, 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 we can just fix those systems. No, at a certain point, you have to tear a bridge down because it's not a bridge anymore. Right. It's a death trap. And our systems right now are death traps. And the church right now is a death trap. And it needs to be renovated. When or Renovated, I'll agree with. You know, not mm. destroyed. Because I think the what you have is you have for, and I would love to say for every person who, is uh, protesting gay rights. There's a person who's doing good, and I'm like, that's not quite the case. No, it isn't. We are and still the people doing good are much quieter about it than because the people doing bad. That's kind of somebody's fault. Matthew six thirteen. But when you give to the needy, do I not. I know. Let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Uh, like, that, yeah, sure. Right. That, that, That's, it's, it's the, it's like Democrats uh, punishing themselves harder than Republicans right. would ever punish themselves for much less. Right. People need to know the good that Christians are doing. Yes. Because right now all I see is danger and bad. Right. And there are voices out there. There's people, the, um, and the sad part is they usually get sort of lumped in with radical Democrats for some reason, uh, like Reverend Barber or Bishop uh-huh. Jakes or um, Nadia Bowles-Weber, uh-huh. who uh, is remarkable. All these people are standing on the shoulders of other people who are able to make Christianity relevant in people's lives without selling it, I felt. I remember reading uh, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis's book, which was originally a group of, of radio talks about Christianity. And he just sort of sat there and gave you these very polite you know, conversations in the middle of the war about how things were and how things were going to get better and about how blah, blah, blah. And it changed the national attitude. That's kind of what I think you would like to see in a way. It's like, Let's see those people. Let's see less of Jimmy Swaggart and more of Jimmy Carter. Sure. Yes. I want to see that guy who's But I also want to teaching, see right. the people in the church hold the rest of the church accountable. And they... they I think We're still moving priests from place to place that do... Horrible things that, that is still happening. It's still happening regularly, it's, and so until you can tell me that mm-hmm. my kids are safe in there, I don't have any kids. But right. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Why would I go? Why yeah, would I no, go? It's not a bar. It's not a nightclub. Right. It's not 18 and over. So, <laughs> like, there's a lot to be. Well, I mean, it's a whole separate issue, but I understand completely what you're saying. Um, I think that the Protestant Church has a has groups that are willing to come or you know come out of being hidebound to traditionalism and then going in a direction where we can preserve the rituals, but we can also be sort of like a free church that administers to the needs of its people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jimmy uh, Carter. The former president mm-hmm. builds houses for people. Mm-hmm. He teaches, teaches a Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. Um, he 
talked about, he, there's an interesting clip with him discussing um, Jesus in all likelihood knew gay people. There have always been gay there's people. There's always been gay people. And there's they're one in ten. So right. yeah, chances are good. Jesus had a big circle. Right. He knew a lot of people. He knew a lot of people. So the chances that he knew somebody, whether they were Jewish or pagan, because he knew pagans too. He had friends who were people who were of other faiths. He did that. He would make friends with everybody. Never said word one about it. So why are we fighting about this now? If he knew about it and didn't think it was important enough to say, then we can run with that. Um... So, yes, I think I agree with you. I think that the church needs some a, a lot of change. And I feel bad because the story is not getting out there about how much good actually gets done. And But they're I, also, not, you think mm, they're still not fixing those issues of the, of the wrongs. So remember, you've got to do good and... It's not monolithic. So there's some individual churches who have done things. Uh, the, uh, there was one uh, year the Methodist... Communion invited a Native American shaman to open their oh, that's nice ceremony. Because their claim was, when they came over, they left England because they were being persecuted by yep. the Church of England, and they came here and they just took what was had. So they saw it as part of the reconciliation process yep. they wanted to start. The the Catholic Church you really... Know what, you know what they could also use? A hundred million dollars. Well, we don't know that it was strictly Methodists giving I'm, it to them. I know, but like, but, you know what I'm saying. Right. So I think that there's... I always try to... I see a reason for hope in both of these cases. The, the first thing that we talked about, I see a reason to hope that it won't go through. That these judges are terribly frightened of public opinion. And now that they're surprise move got sandbagged they're having to deal with the the anger yeah unless the goal was to lock them in place to appear apolitical which is but this is a righteous anger that women have yeah not just women also i would like to say uh most of the the men and the non-binary people that i know are also righteously angry but i think in particular the fact that it's affecting your body I can be a supporter as much as I want. I'm never at much risk as you are. Right, but you should be mad when they start taking my rights away. Oh, no, I'm very angry. Because they're going to do you Well, next. it doesn't even matter if they're going to do <laughs> me next. They've done this to you. Yeah, well, there you go. Yes, but some people, that doesn't matter. Because they just want to be comfortable. This is called compassion. One of the cardinal Christian virtues when it's exercised. I'm not claiming to be... Follow, <laughs> thinking of St. Paul, be a follower of me, as I am a follower of Christ. Use my example. Ugh. Anyhow, not for St. Paul. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It should have been, it, there were other uses for this, and I think that that the church sort of does need to clean house yeah. before it goes to this. I myself, I think it's a good idea, but I think it's not the idea for right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I do believe that. So I'm glad we concur on some level. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave us a review and share it with a friend. We have an internet home, withoutworkspodcast.com. Our show notes, links to stories we talk about, and the transcripts for our episodes can be found there. 
We're also reachable at withoutworkspod at gmail.com, on Twitter at withoutworkspod, and on Facebook by searching Without Works Podcast. All that information with handy little links are on the website as well, so go over there and have a look around. I've been Amity, he's been Lemuel, and we urge you to go out wearing a mask yes. and do something good. Everybody's got a little light under the sun.